Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of <laughs> Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies, and we're breaking them all the way down. Kevin. <laughs> you ready to take another bite of this apple, the, the Red Sonia apple? Oh, a red delicious. <laughs> I am. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm, we I'm. are super, super excited that you are with us uh, in our second round of revisiting, I won't call it a classic because it's not, <laughs> but it is enjoyable for being kind of terrible. <laughs> it's a lesser known Arnold movie. It's one of the few times that he's not like front and center, the central character, I guess. Right. It really is. It's like, how many times can you think of Arnold being a supporting character? I mean, he was barely in Terminator. Right. But, you know, he still was like so memorable. The title character. Yeah, of course. Um, But man, yeah, I don't know. It's still. All right. So as someone who saw this movie with fresh eyes for the first time a couple of weeks ago. What are, what were your initial impressions of Red Sonja? I um, because I knew a little bit of the backstory of it, and that Arnold thought he was signing up for a cameo, basically. Right. I was surprised how much Arnold was in it. Right. I was so expecting was like it to be yeah, <laughs> but I was expecting he was in maybe like forty five minutes. I was expecting him to be maybe more in like twenty five minutes or something, which is yeah. still goes beyond cameo status, right? You know, but I was surprised at how much he was in it, and. I knew the reputation, you know, like Arnold thinks it's the worst movie that he's ever done. Yeah, I and saw I'm that. like, it's not that bad, dude. No, it's really You've not. You've done worse movies than this, believe me. Batman and Robin, oh, yeah. trash. Yeah, it's absolute garbage. Um, yeah, and we'll talk about this in in the our recap in, in the final episode, so you better tune in for that in a, in a couple of weeks' time, a few weeks' time. Um, yeah, for as much as it got panned, it's not... It's not the worst thing that happened in 1985. <laughs> it's really no worse. It's no worse than Conan the Destroyer. Right. Which I also, uh, there's a soft spot in my heart it's like, for that yeah, movie. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's, you know, Conan the Barbarian, you can look at it and say, this is an objectively a good movie. Yeah. I feel like it was the one and only probably good Barbarian movie. And then all the others were sort of just like. Yeah. Conan this, Beastmaster. There was like yeah. Dragon Slayer. There was a bunch of weird ones that right. came out. Um, the Barbarian Twins. I think like, you know, but <laughs> they none solve of them... mysteries, the Barbarian <laughs> Twins. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that should have been. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, I was shocked at how not, how watchable it was. Yeah. Right? That's well, what I'll say. It's extremely watchable. Yeah. If for, for as shitty as the performances were and clunky as some of the dialogue was, a the set design, the costume design, the, the like the look and feel of the movie, the score, like covered up a multitude of sins, mm-hmm. I guess. 
and made it watchable. This was, I feel like, the 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 last cries of the. This was like the death throes, right, of the barbarian genre. I yeah, think. I think definitely. Like it had sort of jumped the shark. I feel like He Man the cartoon was still like. Yeah, off it was the hook at down. that time, I think. Yeah, but we, the we, movies had been sort of like they had peaked and fallen off just that quickly. Yeah, as far as a subset of the sword and sorcery genre, barbarian things were on the way out. Sword and sorcery, of course, lived on. I mean, I, I really do. It's like things like this owe their popularity to like RPGs, like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like yeah. that. They like perpetuated. And there's mad, like, Lord of the Rings themes and stuff throughout oh, the movie. You know, big like time, it has... big time borrowing. Like, destroy the thing in the fire. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I guess I should get people caught up on what the hell happened in the first yeah. chapter. Uh, so, the movie opens up saying that this is, like, this is the story of how the legend of Red Sonia began. Um it opens up with a blue fairy telling us that Sonia, <laughs> Sonia's family had been wiped out. She'd been sexually assaulted uh, by uh, Queen Gedrin's soldiers because she spurned Queen Gedrin's sexual, like overtly sexual advances. Yep. And the blue fairy. How much time do we think has passed from when that happened to the main story picking up? I, like it has to have been a lot enough time I would for say years. Sonia to like dedicate herself to her life to like revenge and turning herself into a killing machine. I would say that Sonia probably would have been in her teens, mid to late teens when okay. when the bad stuff happened with Gedrin. And now she's maybe mid twenties. And now she's early early to mid twenties supposed to be. Brigitte was twenty one, which is insanely young. Well, but that makes sense to me as yeah. far as like the action. The so timeline. maybe that's how old Sonia is. But yeah, so yeah. two, three, four years later, maybe. Right. Okay. So, so um, the movie opens up after that. Yeah. So it explains that she's going to be like a badass. The blue fairy gives her like the spirit of vengeance and tells her that her sword arm is going to be all powerful and yada, yada, yada. And so then we see Schwarzenegger, Calador running across the plane, trying to get to somewhere we think is this cone shaped <laughs> temple <laughs> where some priestesses and, and female temple guard are getting down on a ceremony to bury the talisman that was the tool that the high god of gods used to create the world. Yeah, it's like, apparently. I guess, a world maker or world destroyer right. type MacGuffin. Wouldn't you know it, right as they're getting ready to bury the thing in darkness and suck all of its power out, Gedrin and her crew roll up, kill everybody, take the thing. Gedrin informs us that the thing has the power to destroy worlds yeah. if, it, if you give it enough juice and steals it. Only women can touch it. Only women can touch it. That's right. And um, fortunately, redheaded Varna, who is one of the temple guard, like the lead temple guard, escapes. And uh, as she's escape escaping, she's mortally wounded. But she manages to tell Kalidor everything that's happened and says, we got to go find my sister. I yeah. know where she's at. And that's where we pick up. Absolutely. So, yeah, we pick up somewhere else in this world, I guess. There's an arena. Uh, two individuals are sparring with each other inside. It's like an old grandmaster is looking on, seems to be judging the contest. Yeah, like all the soldiers sitting around, like, watching and, like, gesturing to each other uh -huh. as they're watching this thing go uh, The arena itself looked, like, legit ancient. Like, it might be an old Roman, you know, Coliseum or training arena. I, I wondered, and I didn't do due diligence to look up and see if that was, like, there was very was little on IMDb about the locations, they just probably, that it was all filmed in Italy. Maybe they kept it a secret so they wouldn't yeah, get in trouble. Yeah, like historical landmarks or yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, and there's also this like giant sort of sitting 
slash squatting statue right. over the doors. Like, fucker looked like he was sitting on a toilet or something. Right, you know, taking like, a dookie. Basically, you got to pass under this dude's grundle to get in. <laughs> um, but yeah, we see that it's Red Sonia who's whipping all this ass on this guy. Uh, one thing I'll say about this movie, like I mentioned before, they didn't skimp on the costumes and no. stuff. Like, this crew at the, at the arena has got like a whole unique different look you know a different aesthetic every single people group on mass that you see in this movie has a unique aesthetic yeah it and it's and it's belief it's it's sort of akin to watching lord of the rings like how much weta put into creating elf costumes and orc costumes and dwarf costumes i mean it's like everyone is identifiably part of a different tribe or culture right now these dudes did look like they were wearing birdhouses on their head. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, totally. But at least they had a different look. Uh, the Grandmaster tells Red Sonia, "There's nothing more for her to learn. That she has become the master of the master." Right. Uh, that dude's costume also was amazing. Yeah, I love. I love when also when she knocks dude out. That all the other dudes are like banging their yeah, uh, their swords on like, their chest plates, they have like breast plates. Customs. And yeah, shit. to like congratulate her on her cool win. Was all that like oh, the white? or whatever was that supposed to be that dude's hair the grandmaster's hair or was it like fur do you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. sort of look like that dude from masters of the universe with the big white <laughs> mullet uh car car yeah, <laughs> yeah it looked like card i think that it's probably supposed to be decorative like a headdress okay. or something like okay. that <laughs> um but yeah, her opponent, Red Sony's opponent, tries to hug her and congratulations which is she, weird because i don't think that would happen anyway confusion yeah um the Grandmaster, this gets weird. The Grandmaster <laughs> tells her she must learn to love men more, that they're not all evil. He's like on some, like, this is kind of problematic, and he's like rocking some, like, not all men shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was just odd. You don't know his heart. <laughs> um, so Sonia says, well, we each must judge by our own experience, which is fair enough, right? right. Uh, he says that her hatred of men could be her downfall. And she says, well, she doesn't hate all men. Then the Grandmaster sort of makes a pass at her. It's like, well, if I was 30 years younger, and it's like, okay, creepy, dude. Um, it, it, it didn't come off quite as, it, it kind of came off as sort of endearing. Like, if, okay. I, if, I, if I could still get it up, maybe, but I, <laughs> but I can't now, so I'm no threat to you. So he leads her away and says a great swordsman must have a great sword. <laughs> Ebert derided that line. Because swordsman? Well, no, she said, she said, no shit. Like, of course a great swordsman needs a great sword, you <laughs> dumbass. Like, <laughs> he was like, that line sucks. So they wander over to the forge where this blacksmith is, like, making swords and Dude, shit. I want, I want a sword. I, a more than, sword? I, would, I would also love to do some smithing. I think that'd be so much fun. Mm -hmm. That'd be badass and good for your body. Get yourself an anvil. Yeah, exactly. Take out some <laughs> aggression, pound some metal. The Grandmaster tells her to choose. It was like Miyagi telling Daniel to choose a car. Yeah. Type shit. You choose. Um, I always thought Daniel chose the wrong car. Yeah, I know. Also, there were some better looking cars. There was like that. There was a sweet little compact blue sort of convertible. That uh -huh. I was like, oh, that's the one right there. Anyway, um, she examines the swords. She hears that voice. The voice of vengeance. The beginning again. Yeah, the, the, the exposition fairy, the, the patron love, saint of revenge. I love the exposition fairy. She tells, she's Sonia. Sonia. She's like looking around. The Grandmaster's like, Sonia, what's going on? What yeah, are you doing? Yeah, Grandmaster's like, huh? It guides her to a certain sword, I guess, which she pulls aloft, and like there's a mystical whatever music swells. There's like golden light. It's very, it's very like Sword in the Stone King Arthur stuff. But I feel like they could have done this better. 
I, I totally agree. Like it should have been more magical. There, Well, I mean, it shouldn't have been just like there's one sword that's she been just, pre-made that's sitting on the rack. She just pulled one out of Sonya the rack. Sonya shouldn't have been buying off the rack. <laughs> that's why I feel like any type Lord of the Rings situation or any Excalibur or whatever, like there's always some special lore about the hero and their sword. Like you she, know? Had, she should have had to retrieve the sword from somewhere. Or I would have even been happier if like, she hears the voice calling and she went to like the corner and there was one wrapped up in cloth and she, you know, takes this one that you couldn't even see. It was hidden underneath, like whatever, and she unwraps it and it you was like... You must choose wisely. Yes. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, this was just, she just pulled one of a dozen out of the thing. And to me, it didn't even have like that cool of a look or anything. The it, had, it had like the extra little bit of like gold above mm-hmm. the hilt. It was like a double hilt. Yeah. Which, was, I don't know, it kind of looked cool, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It just was like, you expect a more, we know, we'll get to it. There were some moments in this movie where they were definitely just trying to pad the runtime. Yeah. And they could have gotten a little bit more bang for their buck like here. Yeah, Just totally. like padding this scene out, make yeah, it more epic. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway. Kalidor <laughs> comes galloping into the arena, like passes right under that dude's gooch, the statue. <laughs> he says, I'm looking for Red Sonia. She just steps out and says, yeah, I'm Red Sonia. He's like, we got to talk about two things. First, Sonia's hair. Like, do you think that's real? Do you think that's Bridgie Nielsen's coming out of her scalp? It kind of looked, the top well, she's, bit she's looks wearing, real. She's wearing a headband the whole movie, right? Yeah, I could sort so of hide I, a seam. I think that it is, her hair's been dyed and they've got that thing clipped, but it looks, for what it's supposed to look like, it looks believable. I was like, they either, either it's real or they have just the most amazing wig master on this production. I'm telling you, they skimped on nothing but the acting. Yeah, <laughs> and I will say the short chop bit on top, like, definitely is her hair. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah so it's just they did a killer job with that. In fact, it might just be clipped into that headband and just looks amazing. Number two thing to me is, like, is it just me or do you feel, like, a little melancholy when you see Brigitte Nielsen in these and she's young and pure? And Yeah, I and do. I mean, she just had her baby. Yeah, uh, she had a kid child, when she was, like, 54 yeah. or something. Crazy. So I feel, you know, like... Here's what life is a journey and her journey uh-huh. has been topsy turvy like anyone else's maybe hers more so because of you know the excess of Hollywood and yada 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 and I you yeah, know I lots, feel like lots Hollywood of Hollywood like ran her into the ground yeah like took advantage of her and um definitely but you know you got to hope that people find themselves and that she's found peace and she's happy and healthy now and she seems to she's married to like a dude that's our age hey good nice. for her yeah good um, for that guy hey good for him so Kalidor, back in uh, wherever the hell they are, yeah. Kalidor <laughs> tells her, your sister is dying. I can take you to her. Very just matter of fact. Yeah, it's like completely flat delivery there. Arnold was like, I need lines I can remember. There was no sympathy or anything <laughs> like in the way he said, it. your sister's dying. Okay. Cool. Okay. So Sonia bids farewell to the Grandmaster, hops on her horse and follows Kalidor, no thank, questions asked. Thank God the horse was parked right there in the arena. <laughs> They're riding across some green countryside. More killer outdoor photography. They arrive at this giant stone statue of like an ox. 
It looked like a garden full of stone statues and that ox-like thing was like the most prominent one. That was the only thing in the whole movie that I was like, I can't exactly tell what all is happening in the painting. I think it's, I don't, I almost, that one I thought was real maybe. Like maybe it was constructed because it wasn't so huge that you couldn't do it. But then it was also like it was almost built on top of like a dinosaur. That's what I thought, that, that they'd put something on top of something else or in front of something else so that you couldn't, tell exactly like, this, like what was going on scaled sort yeah, of yeah, thing yeah. underneath yeah it. like a like a it looked like a dinosaur fiberglass statue you run across like out west somewhere yeah but the calador like parked varna underneath this thing i guess right. to keep her out of the sun or whatever varna seems to be near death right she tells uh sonia that the talisman was stolen the priestesses were massacred sonia tells her to save her strength you know tell me later so i want to know like in another version of this movie, the director's cut, like, was, like, Sonia says, you killed my brother and my sister later on in the movie. We'll get yeah. to this. But, like, her whole family is supposed to be massacred, massacred, I guess, except for Varna. So do you think that, like, was Sonia supposed to become, like, Varna's telling her all this stuff, like, she's savvy. Like, she's in the know about all yeah, this. Yeah, like, yeah. Sonia's hip to what the talisman is. Like, was Sonya in training to become part of the guard? I I bet yes. I bet, like, maybe Sonya's family, like, the daughters become part of this warrior clan. They're part of a tribe where all the people become protectors of the talisman. Yeah, I something like that. Like idea. that. that and sounds I don't cool. know if there was another sister that got killed at the massacre at the house. Makes it sound a like. A younger sister, perhaps. Probably, yeah. Or, or if when she talks about you killed my sister, if she's talking about Varna. I don't know. I wish that she was related to Dar. I wish, they, oh. I wish they were from the same tribe. Yes, the Beastmaster. <laughs> that would have been so cool. Himself. But anyway, so that, yeah, that makes this make more sense now, like thinking about it in retrospect, because Varna's just rattling all this stuff out. Like, like Varna probably trained with the Grandmaster before she went and joined too. the, you know, maybe like that's just how their uh, family see, was. There's a whole level yeah, of Yeah, you could have made a longer movie. And yeah, like you go to the Grandmaster to train to become temple guard or whatever yeah, the fuck totally that would have made way more sense i'm way into it <laughs> dino god damn it anyway sorry so varna tells sonia there's no time look the talisman has terrible power in 13 days it could destroy the whole earth with storms and earthquakes very specific yeah why why, why would gedrin want to destroy the world i think she thinks she can control it Oh, she seems sense. crazy. That makes sense. Yeah. I think she thinks I'm going to use it to conquer the world. Like okay. maybe she doesn't maybe she doesn't know She's how unstable it is right weaponize now. the talisman. That's what I was getting from okay. it was it's gotcha. sort of like it's like the ring of power to be honest. Because they were just saying like nothing you can do is going to stop it from yeah, exactly, like the ring of power. Like nothing you can do is going to stop it from being absolutely evil like there's the it must be destroyed because it's going to corrupt whoever's near it so sort of thing like how do you get it to create i don't know it's a <laughs> weird it's yeah they don't do a lot they don't never tell us really how it works right how does the can i don't know so only god can use the thing to create the world but then once he's done creating it just is like a reverse it's like a vacuum it, like, it has only the power to destroy okay <laughs> all right i don't know but um Calador, they're talking about the Earth ending. Calador's <laughs> looking on with moderate interest. He's like sort of concerned. Halfway bored. Mostly like he doesn't get, it's like, what is happening? What are you like talking if about? If I'm hearing that the Earth is going to end in 13 days, I'd be a little intrigued. I heard a good deal about a dark lord, so we're going to end the world. <laughs> so Varna 
make Sonya swear that she'll destroy the talisman by sending it into darkness, right? Because it gets its power from the light. Again. It needs to... In case, maybe, you didn't, in case you didn't hear it the first time. See, maybe if you put it in darkness, it would, like, become more stable or something, too. Like, you could maybe keep it in darkness for a few years, and then it would become something more controllable. I don't know. Interesting. So if you kept it in a really shady room, then maybe you could, like, grow some plants. Yes. <laughs> but it is one of those things where it's like, what is the point? These priestesses should have destroyed this thing a long time ago of, like, if ultimately it's going to become a thing that could destroy the world, what's the point of keeping it until there's like two weeks to go? Yeah, I th yeah, I think that it's like sort of like a leaking nuclear reactor. We hope that it's going to be stable, but it come becoming more unstable. But you know, you get what's his name? What's the dude's name out from Lord of the Rings? Cast it into the fire. No, <laughs> who is that no. dude? Um, Isildur. <laughs> yeah, like once you're holding it. Yeah, it's like then no, it's I like keep this. Uh, I want to keep it. Like, cause it's no, you. I want a nuclear bomb too. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so this movie is about nuclear prolifer proliferation. It's the cold war comparable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Sonia swears she'll destroy the talisman. She wants to know who took it. Varna says she doesn't know. It was a woman with a gold mask and a bunch of soldiers. Sonia pleads for more information, but Varna has died. And she just like dramatically expires. Oh, not this, even dramatically, just like eh, eyes open. This is where Kalidor leans in real slow, <laughs> touches Sonia on the shoulder and says, she's dead. <laughs> like, thanks. I hadn't realized that. And the living have work to do. The living have work to do. The worst bedside manner ever from Kalidor. She's dead. <laughs> like, no, I have a front row seat. Your sister's dying. I can take you to her. <laughs> Whoa, what? Okay. So Sonia pulls away from Kalidor, says it's no concern of his. Uh, she wants to know who he is. Kalidor introduces himself. I befriended your sister, remember? Again, like kind of asshole-ish. Yeah. Um, I, I befriended your sister, remember? I'm a friend of yours too. It's like just kind of snarky, like to someone whose sister literally just died in front of them. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. A it little was just softer weird. touch will yeah. get you further, buddy. He's not a tinder. He doesn't have his tinder side no. up yet. Sonia says that Kalidor will be rewarded for what he's done for Varna. How? Kalidor, How does she know that? She doesn't have any money to give him, <laughs> I don't think. Kalidor says, I'm no mercenary. And when I'm owed something, I take it. It's like, okay. that's some problematic shit. That's some creepy fuck. Okay, Alpha okay. as hell, but like a, that's a problem. Um, Kalidor walks off in a huff, and Sonya's crying over the corpse of Varna. Yeah, like, okay, this is all very, okay. Kalidor's yeah. like made it about himself now. Yeah, no, it's like, but what about <laughs> my feelings? So later that night, Sonya's burning Varna on a pyre, mm -hmm. which was definitely like the preferred method of disposing of bodies back in the in the Hiberian or Hyborian age or whatever right. the fuck. There's like this supernatural looking lightning storm that's happening off in the distance. Right. Looks very localized. Yes. I think. Uh, so Sonya interprets this as like someone's using the talisman over there. She asks Kaldor what's in that direction. He says it's the city of Hablok. That great city. Yeah. It's a great city. So Sonya mounts up, says she's going to Hablok. Kaldor says, well, I'll come with you. She doesn't seem to want his help. It's none of your business, and neither am I. You may be wrong on both counts. I know you're a brave girl, but danger is my trade. What? It's more than a little patronizing, yeah. brave girl. Okay. It's a weird thing to say. But um, also... She's like, 
Yeah, not a not a girl. She's not yet a woman. Just a girl, <laughs> not yet a woman. But also, dude, if you got something to say, then say it, Calador. Yeah, like you're gonna need my help because you're a woman. And it's like, or we we interpret that he's got a secret that he doesn't want to let her in on. But also, we've already established we live in a world. This is a world where women are badasses. Calador uh-huh. knows this, so why would he be so patronizing? Because she hasn't graduated to Temple Guard School. Yeah, I like, don't know. Like, what's the deal? Like, it's he knows little... that women are badasses. Yeah, it's his character is a strange, uh, a strange enigma in this yeah, movie uh, agreed but I like, yeah i like how she she like turns to ride he like grabs the horse's harness yeah like, like stops her it's like even that move is like uh in a real pushy yeah so she insists that she doesn't need any man's help and she goes riding off towards that lightning storm elsewhere a young prince tarn that's eddie reyes jr and his slave falcon played by paul <laughs> l smith they're engaged in some type of bullshit, <laughs> like around the ruins of this colossal old statue. Yeah. He, this is a weird intro to two characters who we have never seen before. Right. So, yeah, like Tiny Tarn, this little boy standing out on the fingertips of this giant stone hand that's like perched on the edge it's of this. balanced, yeah, precariously. And this dude Falcon or Falcon or whatever is like on the wrist end, like trying to keep it steady. How, how, how did this, how did they wind up in this predicament? Why is he out on the, yeah, why are you out on the fingers, asshole? <laughs> I don't know how, was he, like, did it just, yeah, it's, it's, I want to see what happened just before this, but this is like some sitcom shit. It really is. It's, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be, well, I mean, it, it is funny because like the kid Tarn is like berating Falcon, like calling him all kinds of names He's and vicious. stuff. Vicious. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about, like, yeah, he was, like, calling him slave and you big dumb oaf and yeah. all that type shit. Um, talk about the way they're dressed. Like, Tarn appears to be about 10 or so. He's dressed in, like, this crimson and gold robes, carrying a sword. He's got what looks like some sort of a crown right. that he wears on his and, head. And, well, both of their outfits are very, very reminiscent of, like, uh, I, I don't know what time period, but, like, China, like ancient Chinese dynasty, yeah. like imperial clothing. Especially the headwear, I thought. Yeah, yeah, the headwear especially. And then Falcon is, yeah, he's dressed in the same colors. He's carrying like five throwing knives across his chest. Is, he's a big, badass. big, hefty dude. Um, he carries this massive bone <laughs> on his hip, like a bone weapon. I don't know what kind of it's type a, animal it's like it came from. It's like a femur of something. Of something <laughs> huge. Something bigger than a horse. Yeah, exactly. I was, a, I was a caveman one time for Halloween, and I had something similar, <laughs> like a big plastic bone, that I was just like, that just reminded me of that, and I was like, oh, that's totally. cool. So Tarn is relentlessly berating Falcon as Sonya arrives. Falcon's like a better man than me, because I would have just dumped this little kid in the mud. He's like... Yeah, he's he's supposedly above a pit of like boiling mud. Yeah, so like Falcon, Falcon like steadies this giant stone hand, which would be no mean feat, and then tells tells Tarn to come to him, and then Tarn yells back, "Don't give me orders, slave, or have, I'll have you hung by your heels." I'm like, fucking let him die, just like yeah, let just him like, go, just tip that just hand, push in. it up, and let it slide down. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So um, Sonya arrives, tells Tarn to hold steady. She calls him boy, which Ooh. pisses him off. Yeah, th- this really pisses me off to no end. <laughs> Sonya helps rotate the giant hand around to where Tarn can hop off to safety. But now Falcon is like dangling over the boiling mud. She struggles to keep the hand balanced while Falcon sort of like 
awkwardly and humorously clambers his way off. It's like definitely, clearly the comic relief has arrived. So, so does this not paint the picture that Sonya is also very strong? I don't care what kind of a fulcrum that hand is on. It weighs several tons. It would have to be balanced perfectly. For her to be able to, to, be able to yeah. effortlessly sort of... So yeah, yeah, so I think she is stronger than your average uh, human. Stronger than the average man. <laughs> so uh, Tarn orders Falcon to give Sonya a reward for helping her and inform her who I am. <laughs> he says, His Royal Highness, the Prince Tarn, great lord of Hablock, keeper of the spotless throne, great elephant who fertilizes the world with his... And he, he starts to mouth the word shit. shit. <laughs> Tarn cuts in, I told you not to say that. Do it again and I'll have you impaled. Wait, I mean, but is... Obviously... Falcon's like reciting some like titles. So it is that not an his... actual title? Yeah, I don't Great know. Maybe he doesn't fertilize like... the world. He must shit. not like that one. Yeah, well, this dude at Paul Smith has an incredible voice. Well, he, I love the like the new the little bit. Of, I don't know where he's from. I would argue probably though he's like from New York somewhere because like sometimes mm-hmm. like a little like Brooklyn or whatever like creeps in there. It's like I think so. He's yeah, he's awesome. Paul Smith is awesome. He's also got the coolest name in the movie. Falcon is like by far the coolest yeah. name of anyone. Anyway, uh, Falcon gives Sonya a gold piece as a reward. Sonya looks around at the ruins of Hoblock, says it looks like he needs the money more than she does. Falcon explains that they were attacked by Queen Gedrin. Sonya seems in disbelief at the mention of the name Gedrin. Yeah. Ged Queen Gedrin. Yeah. It's not great acting. Not great acting at all. Like the cracks are showing in like her Brigitte's <laughs> acting prowess. Um, Falcon says, "Yeah, she destroyed the city with her new weapon." Uh-huh. Okay. It's very unclear how anyone actually uses the talisman. Like, but yeah. how does anyone use the Ring of Power? Is it like you will something to happen and it happens, or? Yeah. So I mean, I, we see the like the invisibility when you put it on, but sure. I also think that it that it conforms to like whatever the strengths of the wearer are. So a hobbit hobbits are known according to the book, the hobbit for like being, they can sneak around, yeah, the, you yeah. know, Bilbo's the burglar quote unquote. And so Frodo not wanting to be seen isn't seen, mm-hmm. but he's transported into the world, like the wraith world. So I want, yeah, like if Gandalf put it on some, other right, and he felt like he'd be too shit. powerful. Same with yeah. like Gladriel. Yeah, it's like he'd be righteous, but he'd be self righteous. It was like mm-hmm. I know what's right, but it would become okay. like overbearing. But it like, what be- could a person wearing the ring? What can they do? Like, do they have abilities to like level a mountain? Can they just say, uh, "I want this mountain to disappear," and it would just disappear? Great, like, I don't. A great question. I think that's how just, I feel about the talisman. It's just like, how does it? Do you just point it at something and a storm happens? Well, or? she Gedrin says that it has the power to destroy with storm and earthquake. Yeah. So if that's specific, and they mention it twice in the first ten minutes of the movie, then I guess that that's its. I deal. just don't know if it if it just destroys indiscriminately or can you control what yeah, it I guess destroys? you can direct I don't really it, know. but I don't know how you direct no, yeah. no one ever explains how you direct it. Not at all. But whatever. That's fine. <laughs> so Sonia wants to know where she can find Queen Gedrin. Falcon says she's gone to Berkabane, the land of eternal night. Okay. Not the greatest place probably to take something that needs light, light for power. Yeah, but exactly. Falcon says she can get there. She can take the long scenic route. 
or she can get there quickly by taking Brytag's toll road. <laughs> okay. Which clearly sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. Um, well, no, I'm going to take, yeah, I'll take what's behind door number two for sure. So <laughs> during this, Falcon is like moving these heavy stones around as well to rebuild yeah. Tarn's throne. I love that, like, like hand, like put his throne back together. Like during all this, yeah, he's like rebuilding Tarn's throne. He's clearly piece very piece. strong, right? He, yeah, he tells he tells Sony that like Gedrin destroyed half the city with the weapon uh, and demanded surrender, and Tarn's like. I refuse to surrender. And Falcon's like, yeah, so she destroyed the other half of the city. Like uh, that bit is like his timing feels very like vaudeville, like very that kind of performance. And I love it. I love it because it's so out of place in this environment. And Ernie Reyes Jr. is killing it as like the bratty kid. Oh, yeah, totally. It's so so good. Prince Tarn gets real sexist and says like, do you want to join my army? We need a cook. Oh. That's fucking vicious. It is. Yeah. Sonia's mounting up to leave. She advises Falcon she should spank some manners into the prince, basically. There was an actual laugh for me where um, Tarn tells Falcon, we'll dine in an hour. And uh, Sonia goes riding off. And Falcon calls after her like, you wouldn't happen to have a tablecloth, would you? <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, It is man. good. So as Sonia rides alone through this misty valley, we see that Kalidor is, is following from a distance. Mm. There's like an ominous sort of musical cue, mm-hmm. but I think we know that he's a good guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. After nightfall, Sonia arrives at this massive stone wall and gate. There's like ramparts right. and shit. Like some, it looks like a old fort or something. Now, I will say, she goes to the gate that's locked. I, right. I would say, Grand, you're going to need your horse, I guess. You're going to need a horse. But this was like the most climbable gate in the world. Like, if a person just really yeah. needed to get to the other side, it was like it was like a... Could be done. You picture sort of a rope, like a, a cargo net. Yeah. It was like that style made of wood. Like, right. you could just easily climb it and hop down on the other side and then maybe find another horse or something. <laughs> yeah. But, um... The set was fucking cool, man. It looked real, Again, right? Yeah, I wonder I wonder about all the like a lot of the locations in this movie. I'm like, where was this? Because well, if it's in Italy, like they could have some ancient ruins, you know, that they could are now filming locations. Yeah, I'm sure there and are stuff like yeah. that. Because this shit was not like plywood and no, shit. This is like real stone, stone or yeah. concrete. It yeah. could have been a like a World War II bunker or something. Maybe. Yeah. As well. Like, but whatever it was, it was pretty impressive. Um so, yeah, the gate is locked. Sonia calls out to Brytag to come open the gate. Yeah, she started yelling at Brytag. Brytag. <laughs> nag. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> a man's voice Sorry. calls out from upstairs somewhere. Yeah. Uh, not so fast, redhead. <laughs> come up here where I can get a better look at you. Okay, That's creeper. a bad idea, clearly. Yeah. Uh, Sonia says she has no time to waste, but the voice calls back that he has plenty of time, which I kind of liked. Sonia reluctantly rides her horse up to the higher level of the structure where she encounters a bunch of soldiers. Again, amazing armor for this new group of people, like very reptilian looking yeah. armor. It kind of reminded me of that the dude, the Jun at the end of the Beastmaster. Yes, one, like the yeah, wings, yeah, 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 like the bat yeah, wings. Totally. Yeah, it was sort of like, like fins, like uh, fins yeah. on the, it. It's very cool. It's awesome. It's like webbed sort of wing type shit going on. Um so she rides him further. She finds Brytag reclined on a throne in front of a huge golden statue, which I, I felt I, like the golden statue might have been a statue of Brytag. I, I think it was, too. And <laughs> Brytag, we should mention, this is Pat Roach, yes. who was the big Nazi that beat the shit out of Indiana Jones at the plane 
uh-huh. like in that scene in that iconic scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. He was in all the he was in all the at least the original three. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. That. And he was chopped out his scene was chopped out of the third one. But he was like Was he the big dude that beat the shit out of Indy in the, Temple of on Doom? On the conveyor belts who oh, got okay. crushed in the rock crusher and Temple of Doom. So that he was, was he was the abusive slave driver. Yeah, I feel like that beard that he had in this movie might have been left over from, okay. from Temple of Doom. All right, now we're talking. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was rad. So he calls her a wench, <laughs> tells her that this is his land and all who pass through must pay him tribute. He's flanked by a couple of scantily clad, like, buff bodyguards. Uh-huh. One of them was Sven Ole Thorsen. Hey! Sven! We, we love Sven. Arnold's bodybuilder friend who turns up in most of his movies. I love that. In some capacity. I love the loyalty. Yeah, dude, I dig it. So she asks how much it's going to be to pass through. He says he doesn't want money. He wants the tender kind of tribute that all women pay to Brytag. He says this fingering his large golden key. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, It's very... I'm telling you, man, this movie's horny, dude. uh, Yeah. Everyone's trying to fuck somebody. It's gross. (laughs) So I think this movie was way ahead of its time, though, in some ways. Like, depicting how unfriendly the world is to women. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, men pay me money. Like, women have to fuck me to pass through. It's gross, dude. Conan and other barbarian movies, like... It's like a you know a misogynistic oh, world time. Yeah. that they're existing yeah. in. It's unfriendly to women, and the fact that you have these powerful women characters is kind of cool. Yeah, agreed. So she hops off her horse, draws her sword, asks, well, what if I refuse, and instead I just slice open your fat belly? And he uh, starts laughing. This was all so funny to me. Yeah. He says, I fought 177 men. And only one survived, and he's got no legs. Yeah, I loved all that. <laughs> that shit made me laugh out yeah, loud, same. dude. Um, she asks, well, once I've killed you, are your soldiers going to let me leave unharmed? <laughs> and then... I love this whole bit. Yeah, Brytag tells his men, if she kills me, they're to let her leave. Yeah, when she's killed me, you let her go unharmed, won't you? And there's this very like, half-hearted chorus of agreement. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll let her go. Yeah, it's fine. It's I cool. think it's like... I think it's the insincerity comes that he just doesn't see losing to her as like a possibility. But also right? all those guys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally yeah, sure. Cool. We'll literally yeah, wink. totally wink, wink, you know, nudge, sign them all. So Brightag draws his sword, says, I'm going to feed your eyes to the bird, red hair. <laughs> She's <laughs> fixated. I don't need eyes to find you. I can smell you at a hundred paces. Her delivery is Ooh. woof. Uh, yeah, she was way too green. She does not know how to talk. To like try to deliver zingers is not yeah. her not gonna work. They trade some blows. Brightag knocks the sword out of her hand. She grabs a torch and sort of uses it to keep him at bay. Right. She gets back to her sword, picks it up, uh, busts out some sword moves. Very cool looking. Yeah. They trade some more blows, find themselves like nose to nose and sort of a stalemate mm-hmm. like test of strength type shit. Uh Brightag shoves her away. She lands a big blow on his shoulder and blood splatters everywhere. He's furious. It's like the reddest blood you've ever seen. Uh-huh. Then, uh, yeah, he says, I will tell the future in your entrails, red woman. She says, I know my future. You have none. Again, she's like struggling to she's get like, the lines. Find, find, find the emphasis. I know my future. You have none. Yeah. Like, but anyway. So Brightag comes barreling at her. Oh, this is like just swing, swinging again and again. It's like just like melee shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the the wound to the shoulder has not, not slowed, it. slowed right. him down a Yeah, bit. he's had worse. <laughs> so he knocks her down. Brightag sort of has her pinned down. He's got like leaning his whole body weight they're, on they're her. They're back up against like his throne now. He's got her pinned down on his throne. Yeah. So I think she gives him a kick in the balls. Like a push kick. Like not just like a up, like 
Like yeah. basically punches him in the dick with her leg. She mashed him. She mashed him. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she hops up onto his throne. She narrowly avoids a big sword swing from him and flips off the throne. That's badass, that front flip. I, I, is that her buff I feel like that, bodyguard? I feel, like that or, stun, uh, stun I feel like that stun double is a man. Um, this was a good, like this one you couldn't really tell, but some later ones I'm like, yeah, that person's got like, Guns. Del- <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so now Brightag turns around a facer. She stabs him right through the heart. Yeah. Pretty sweet. He falls back. He's dead. She takes the key off his corpse. Uh, <laughs> no one dies like this, though, right? He just like groaned yeah, and fell like, backwards. Yeah, she stabs him in the chest and goes, ah! And just sort of falls, and falls back and he's dead. It's very like Monty Python looking. <laughs> So Brightag's soldiers instantly begin to move in on Sonya. Clearly not men of their word. <laughs> no, not at all. She readies for battle. Like, yeah, they were quick to break that promise. So just then, Kalidor burst onto the scene. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, starts laying waste to these dudes. <laughs> Eber, uh, Cisco and Eber hated this. Hold on, Sonya! Like, they're like... <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Dude, I don't even know. It's very polite of the bad guys to come at Kalidor one at a time. And this this is another thing that Roger Ebert said is like, you know, the, the unspoken rule of movie swordplay is that the bad guys wait one at a time and attack the good guy. Just like, we'll get, we'll get her eventually. One of us will overcome her. <laughs> so Sonya, she takes out a few of the soldiers, hops on her horse and rides out. Kalidor is continuing to kick ass. He like knocks over this huge rack of, of armor or something. I, I just want to say like she just killed Brytag and whipped some additional ass. But it sucks that they've kind of diminished the strength of her character by having Kalidor jump in and save the day. I agree with that. I also agree it's just it's a weak move for her to flee. Yeah, and yeah, him. totally. Yeah, you got this. Don't you you got to get out of here now. Now she does have. The world is at stake. You know, that, like she's got bigger fish to true. fry. So I'll give her a pass on it. Yeah, I guess that that makes sense. It's like if you're the only one that can defuse the bomb, if you're Stanley Ipkiss, yeah, we yeah. need you to survive. <laughs> I love this though. She goes riding out on her horse. Somehow, Kalidor's already ahead of her again. He's down at the bottom yeah, of the stairs, he's, he's, getting onto his own horse. So it's like, how did that happen? No one knows. I don't know. But so they ride to the gate. Uh, Sonia unlocks it, swings it open. Kalidor tells her, go ahead, I'll hold these guys back. It doesn't make the most sense because he could easily have just escaped with her. Yeah. She wanted him to come with her at this point. Yeah. She's like, what about you? He's like, don't worry, I can, I'll stop <laughs> them. Instead, he, like, he slaps her horse with the flat of his blade, closes the gate behind her. And then, like, rides into the thick of these guys. Uh-huh. He, yeah. He's just, like, riding ahead with reckless bravery and lots of grunting. Yeah, and Sonya's, <laughs> like, stops to smile and admire. She's like, oh, that's awesome. The only way that this makes sense is because you only have Schwarzenegger for half the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, we got to make the <laughs> most of it. We got to have you disappear for some reason. Yeah. We need some scenes, some weeks we can film without you. <laughs> you know, whatever. But yeah, so she rides off as Kalidor just like is riding circles around these dudes, just taking them out, I guess. Yeah, whatever. probably. Huh. Or maybe he's going to get killed. Yeah. We don't know. What if he died? It'd <laughs> <laughs> be amazing. Like just Actually, a gruesome been a, death and she like saw it. Imagine how surprising that would have been to moviegoers. If Arnold had like yeah, saved her life and he died, and he died right halfway then, through the movie, that would have been amazing. It kind of would have been great. I think but... it would have been awesome, and it like fueled her to become even stronger. Not that she needed help. Yeah, 
Like but we sort of established her superhuman strength and then we never revisited again in the whole movie. No, anyway. she never does like a real feat of strength again. No, he's always helping her. But anyway, yeah. we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we've reached the end of this chapter. Unfortunately. Yeah, but we'll be back. There's so much more Yay! that's going to happen uh, before the world either ends or doesn't end. So, uh, yeah, check back in with us in a week's time. Yeah, uh, you check... find us on our feed. Find us on the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network, if that's where you're listening. Um, and we will be back. Someday.